All right, so we have Stephanie on the podcast. Stephanie, thank you for being here. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Stephanie, give us a uh, quick little overview, little potted you know, statement, three to five minutes or however long you want to go. Uh, who you are, what you're about, what you've been up to. Okay, well, I am an English photographer living and I'm based in Ibiza. Um, so I work a lot with destination weddings and I just I just photograph weddings my job is to document and capture weddings and okay give me a little backstory how'd you kind of fall into this world did it was it was this the your first dream career choice or did you have something going before that like give me uh lead me up to this point okay well my first ever studies was fashion design so it was all about the design side and the things that you see in magazines I wasn't photographing them I was making them um, and then I came to live in Ibiza and my older sister who is a makeup artist and hairstylist majority of her work comes from weddings um she she kind of pushed me she kind of forced me into it a little bit and she said you know Steph you're great like behind like behind the camera you know, all you do is all day long is, is photograph people um, that you don't know or that you do know for free. Why don't you photograph my couples? Because she hears a lot um, as a hairstylist, obviously, it's a psychologist. She hears a lot from her brides. What are they looking for? Um, and the main question is, who do you know that's a photographer? So straight away, I figured that it was all word of mouth. People wanted um, a good reference, wanted to go with somebody who's such an important part of your day. We are with them the whole day. They wanted a recommendation. They didn't just want to see you online. Back in the day, there wasn't much online anyway. There wasn't really any Facebook or Instagram. So it did kind of go on word of mouth. So my first ever clients were her clients. And they saw a few of my photographs. They said, absolutely great. I did it at a super cheap price, being my first. And ever since that day, I've never looked back. I've never, ever looked back. I just knew that was it for me. Was it a little clunky to start with? I mean, did you did you have to go read a book, watch a YouTube tutorial? I don't know. Like, how did you... Did you how did you know how to shoot a wedding? Or, or what was that first wedding like? You know, I didn't know. I <laughs> I didn't know. And sometimes I think I wish I could go back to that first wedding because you're just working on instinct. You know, I feel that the more you learn, the more goes through your head. Um, you think a lot more about contrast, about lighting, natural lighting. You get your flashes out, your prisms, your fractals or whatever. You know, um, you try and be different. You always try and better yourself. My first ever wedding, I just stuck to the bride and groom and just any time I saw a laugh, a tear, um, I just grabbed it. And I see the difference in quality is obviously huge. Uh, you know, as you work your way up, the quality is better, the angles are better, your equipment is better. But this, you know, this is something that we sometimes lose along the way, which you can easily lose along the way. And that's just have a good eye and just use your instincts and just grab whatever feels good to you. And if it feels good to you, it feels good to them. I think storytelling is like the core of it all. Like you're just, how can you capture the story in this one photograph? Yeah. I mean, there are a lot more percentage of the photographs that come out looking awful, you know? <laughs> so that's where you get really good in the beginning at editing. So sometimes I remember my first wedding, I look back at the photographs and I thought, why am I looking at some photographs of other amazing photographers and I just can't get that? Well, obviously I had no idea. 
So um, that's where the learning process comes in. But there was something there. There was a lot of good photographs, um, awful quality, but good photographs. And and then from then on, it's a whole journey. It's just such a, a, an exciting journey. I think that's what we all get hooked on, of just bettering yourself and bettering yourself and bettering yourself, right? Yeah. What were you doing? What were you doing in the fashion world? Then, like, and I'm curious now, like, how that how those skills or or what do you see that's different or the similarities or the skill sets like what did you bring from the fashion what were, first what were you doing in the fashion world then what did you bring from the fashion world into the wedding world right well um i had no idea what i wanted to do when i left school my grades were not amazing but the three things that i was really good at was um drama um and textiles and media studies then three so when I decided, I was having a little think of what to do. And somebody said to me, look, just do what, what you like. And I said, well, you know, making clothes, textiles. They said, well, go and, go and study to be a fashion designer. I was like, well, okay. And I loved it. Then I um, went to university, London College of Fashion. So that was quite a very, it's a very good university in, in London. But just after I got accepted, I then came to Ibiza to visit my older sister and I, I never went back. So I, I kind of, um, then that world kind of disappeared a little bit. You know, I wasn't, I couldn't really carry on with that. So I made a very conscious choice to leave one life and come into another, which I'm really glad about because fashion's more bitchy, you know. Um, and then the models, it's working with models, the same, working with models, working with angles, working with colors, working with lighting, uh, working with photographers. So knowing I'm looking at it from a different angle, but I'm a, I've, I've always been around that world. So I suppose, you know, it's just a very natural progression for me. When you were like, when you are directing a model to pose a certain way, uh, you know, the to them, they expect that, or they are used to being directed or being told how to pose differently or, you know, turn your cheek this way. Uh, or do you take that experience to when you're ta- dealing with a bride and groom who have no experience in front of a camera? How do you kind of bridge that gap or how do you kind of, how do you get them as comfortable as you do with a model? Well, with a model, it's fabu- they're fabulous to work with. Um and I can give them certain directions, but they already know the basics, you know. And they, you know, they will turn out more editorial kind of, a bit more fierce kind of photographs, you know. But I love working with non-couples. I love working with brides and grooms, or brides and brides, or brides and grooms and grooms, whoever it is, um, that are non-models because they're so petrified in front of the lens. I hate being in front of the lens. I never, I don't have a single photograph in my house of myself. So I know exactly how they feel. Knowing how they feel, I know exactly how to make them comfortable. So I make sure I have a good phone conversation with them beforehand because a lot of them don't, you know, they don't live in Ibiza. When, as soon as they arrive, whether they come on here on a holiday before the wedding or the week that they're having the wedding, I make sure we meet up, we're comfortable with each other. And then I just treat them as if they were, you know, I was one of my friends. You know, I just, a lot of jokes. It helps a lot. Um, Dirty talk in the right moment. I think that really helps because people can't laugh. Doesn't matter what walk of life you come from. I think that really, really helps. So then, whatever I can do to make them forget that I'm there. I will, I will do it. I will, I will just, I will do anything. 
Um, so yeah, I think that making them feel as most comfortable as possible, breaking the ice as well, because I walk in in the moment where you've got the seamstress that they don't know, the hair and makeup girl that they don't really know, the florist that's coming in that they don't really know, the planner. So it's really nice to come in and just explode on them and just have a laugh, you know, get a little glass of champagne and just be one of the girls. That really helps. That really, really helps. Nice. And then they're natural with me by the time the the portraits come along, you know, the the couple shots. Well, they mm-hmm. know me. I'm like part of their family by then. I think it helps. Yeah, just to be comfortable. If you feel comfortable, you will make them feel comfortable. Yeah, I've always tried to like, I've, I've always tried to figure out like what advice to give to the introverted photographers or the people that they are shy themselves. So if I, you know, if they're try- if you're mirroring someone else, like you're reflecting back what the, what you're giving them. Uh, what would you say, like an introverted photographer that, or, or are they in the right game? Like, is it just, can they, can they be a good wedding photographer if they are shy and scared and not, not ready to kind of make the bride feel comfortable or, or whatever? Well, to be honest, the majority of my, if not all of my second photographers or assistants are, are that kind of photographer. They're brilliant because I can, um, in between a lot of my shots, I'll be making them feel comfortable. I'll be having a joke with them. I'll, I'll, I'll put my camera down so that they don't feel on show so much. And that's when their barrier comes down. But my second photographer is at the side grabbing all of that and they can angle beautifully behind the bushes. It's a very kind of spying on you kind of feel, a very candid kind of feel. I may get the shot where they're all looking at the camera. She'll get a lot of the in-between shots. And I do know main photographers that are quite shy they'll just go with a different kind of client and have a lot more of a relaxed result in the images I think you can you can almost tell when you look at someone's photographs how they've taken them you know so I think that there's there's two completely different kinds of photographers and you just find the way that works for you the way that you feel most comfortable I don't know put a zoom lens on it (laughs) you know Um, I will use a wide angle, so I have to be. I have. I'm right up in their face, so I have to be super comfortable. But whether you feel a little bit more shy, maybe yes, yeah, stand stand further back and just get a lot more um, candid shots, the in between moments. Maybe mm-hmm. start being a second photographer first, and just learn off the main photographer. Pick someone that's the opposite of you, and pick up a few tricks off them. Yeah, when you say uh, you can almost tell how the photo was shot, like, do you mean? Like when everyone has their hands up and everyone's the biggest smile in the world, is that a reflection of what the photographer got them to do? And in the opposite, when it's very quiet and intimate, is that is that what you kind of mean? Well, I think that more introverted photographers will take a step back and almost not not be seen, and the people that they're shooting won't really know that they're there, so they'll they can they can frame their shot hiding behind something you know a little bit of the wall can be there they can be behind a tree and you know capture the leaves around um you know just frame frame the shot through a window I think they're, they're beautiful shots and nobody knows and just capture the moments as they're happening in a wedding there's laughter there's tears so um if you get more more candid shots just things as they're unfolding you can tell that they're that they're supernatural but at some point, you do have to come in and guide the bride and groom, the the group shots, the um, the couple portraits, for example. So you do have to step in. But I assume if you're more shy, 
you could just say, because I've seen this happen a lot, so hold hands, talk to each other, walk up the beach, walk back down towards me. And as they're talking to each other, you're just grabbing the shots and they're just as beautiful. And then you have other photographers who are up in your face, making you laugh, making you do certain things, using props. So, you know, you can kind of see the difference. I want to touch on something you mentioned at the very beginning of the show about, or maybe we'll go a little bit deeper with it, the kind of responsibility that, and I might be phrasing this in a very very strange way, but the responsibility of being there with the bride and groom, the kind of, you know, the, you mentioned your friend, the hairdresser, they are there for those intimate moments or that, you know, they, they act kind of like a little therapist, little psychologist hearing all their problems, but they're only there for like the first two to three hours of the day. You as the wedding photographer, you were there eight hours, 10 hours, 12 hours, the whole day with them. and you kind of you can see the evolution of emotions the nervousness the joy the sadness the excitement the you know every every spectrum all the range Frust- frustration as i want to kind of get your perspective on it like how do you see that responsibility of of carrying that weight of being there in those moments uh, do you see it as a uh, as a privilege? Do you see it as a responsibility? What do you think? I think it's both. I think it's both, isn't it? I mean, it's a huge responsibility. When you turn up, you, you rock up to a wedding. On, on, on the morning of the wedding, you walk in that room and you have to be on your game and you can't drop. The, uh, there'll be hours that I pass without going to the toilet because I know that I can't. Something will happen. Somebody will laugh. Somebody will tell a joke. Somebody will fall over and I'm not there. I would be distraught. Um, It's also a privilege. And the the reason why I can tell the difference is because I get um, booked a lot for ceremony only. So that'll be just a couple of hours. So a lot of the times I'll meet them when they turn up at the ceremony. I'll capture the ceremony. So I like to disappear a little bit then. You know, we're not talking at all. And then I'll grab some couple shots afterwards and that will be me done. So there's not really a connection as much with that couple. I know that I can't get the best out of that couple, not just the hours that I won't be there, but the connection that we've that we've got. I'm just turning up at the moment where I should already know really well and be comfortable with that couple. And I'll get booked for half days. So similar that, you know, that, that kind of happens. I will capture the um, preparation shots. So I, but it's all very quick. It's all very fast paced. Whereas when I do a full day, I turn up a little bit earlier. I get to know everybody. Um, they probably booked me you know, minimum six months in advance. So I like to WhatsApp a lot back and forth with them, follow them on social media. So I'll know their mum, I'll know their sisters. I'll get them to send me photographs, uh, selfies of like the main players, maybe the bride and um, the bride and groom's siblings if they have any. Know a bit of backstory. Are there any feuds going on? Are there any people that don't talk? My foot in it a couple of times, so it's always good to know how the land lays. Um, and then so by the time I turn up, it's just like photographing one of my sisters. It's just, it's easy. And, and I know almost what's going to happen as it happens, because throughout the whole time we've got to know each other, they're telling me everything that's going to happen. So, and then, um, and then obviously a good, a good planner always helps. As well, they can guide you through it. But um, I think you get to know their personality as well. Are they more calm? 
Um, do you need to step back a little bit or are they fun and happy and bubbly? And so you can kind of just um, amplify that a little bit. Every wedding is completely different, but I love a, a full wedding. I love being part of the family and I love being extremely comfortable with them to get the best result. That's how I work. That's how I get the best result from them. So mm-hmm. every photograph that I that I would show, um, which is probably only 1% of your actual work, right? But anything that goes onto social media, um, they're normally moments that actually happen. I'm not going to get my camera out and say, right, fake laugh, please. <laughs> I mean, I have to make them laugh always. And, and they do because you're comfortable. You know what's going to make them laugh, right? No, that's perfect. Uh, tell me, We're kind of tapping into it a little bit, but tell me about your dream client. What is kind of the per- what's what's the perfect project, perfect wedding project for you? Oh gosh, dream clients. Well, I think that the couple are genuinely in love. Are are good friends that have good banter that bounce off one another. I think it's all about the couple, but I think we forget the importance of the guests as well. So the difference between a more somber kind of guest or a big guest list where a lot of the groups don't know each other, so it's maybe a little bit more awkward. You know, you've been to that typical wedding where you don't really know where to stand. You don't know a lot of the people there. We've all been to a wedding. It's boring. It feels forced. So it's a little bit more difficult to to shoot that. So my perfect, my perfect wedding would be an in tune in love couple and then hilarious family and friends that just have a great time and that see the wedding as a huge party an excuse for everyone to have an incredible time and then I can just shoot all day long and it will feel like five minutes to me and you'll get shot after shot after shot after shot the emotion you'll just see you'll capture all of that emotion um I think that's it apart from Fabulous decoration, what's in at the moment, pampas, grass, galore, or or an incredible venue, an expensive wedding gown. That's not so important for me. I think it's all about capturing the emotion. You get that. It all comes from the couple and then the family and friends around them. That's what makes the difference. That's my perfect client. I'm failing to ask this question, but and I'm probably gonna pronounce this incorrectly. I be it's you're saying Ibiza, I think I think American version is Ibiza. Probably. <laughs> But uh, give me the kind of scene there, or like for people who have never been to Europe, who have no idea what Ibiza is, or you're an Ibiza wedding photographer, what's that mean? Give me the kind of, build me a little context around that, what the scene's like, uh, why someone from London would go there, or, you know, for, for, for I guess an American's perspective, like what what's the big hype around Ibiza and, uh, and the kind of scene that you work in? Well, I think there are a lot of advantages um it's obviously one of the most famous islands in the world probably after hawaii or on par with hawaii so everybody knows ibiza whether you've been here or not i think that a lot of my clients come here yearly maybe for birthdays anniversaries or just their yearly holiday um and that's why they decide that a lot of my clients have met each other here or have got engaged here. So there's always there's always some kind of connection here. It's never just let's get married in Ibiza because it's Ibiza. You know, they've always kind of been here. My perspective on it is the light is incredible all year round. It's amazing. 
So that's a massive, that's one of the stars of the show on the wedding day. I, you know, me along with the planners, we will just work around the light. Um, it's a very small island. It will take you 45 minutes to get from one end to the other. So it's teeny tiny. So you can have a country wedding, but go and grab your shots on the beach. You can have a wedding on the beach. You can have um, a wedding on a, on a rooftop and, and see practically you know, each side of the island. So I think that... Um, I think that that's a big advantage as well. There's so many different um, locations, but they're also very easily connected to one another. So you can have a couple of different. I've known lots of um, lots of my clients might have a luxury hotel wedding, but then we'll go over to Esvedra. We'll quickly pop in the car and go to Esvedra for their portrait shots. So Esvedra is and um, one of the um, I think it's the eighth most magnetic place in the world so it's just a huge rock in the middle of the sea so picturesque so beautiful and a lot of people they say that the energy feels really good when they go there so a lot of the time we can just you know jump in the car and 10 minutes away you've got this massive beautiful rock you know that's so famous that everybody wants that picture so it's very versatile um, and then the other thing is that because it's such a small island all the suppliers we know each other by by first name so we know each other personalities, we know each other's style, the planner will know exactly who to book, uh, which supplier will fit best with the client because they, they know them. We all know each other. So it just feels like a, a huge family. We all know each other. So it's, it's, I suppose in America, it's um, hours but to get to one side to another, you know, you fly from one side to another. Whereas here, you just jump in the car for 15 minutes and you're at the side of the island. How It's like a big village. That's that's what it's like over here. So I feel that when when a couple comes from the outside on their wedding day, they feel that family vibe because all of their suppliers know each other, right? I mean, was it a no brainer to to live there to move there, or did you when you first went to Ibiza and shot a wedding, you were like, I should live here, or kind of what was the journey to like now becoming an Ibiza wedding photographer? Well, when I first came here, um, my sister would come here holidaying every year. And she would say, come to Ibiza with me, come on holiday with me. It's beautiful. It's not what you think. But I remember years ago, there was a program. Ibiza is very famous for electronic music, biggest clubs in the world, the nightlife, uh, which I'm I'm not really that interested in, to be fair. So I came by accident almost. Uh, we had a, a leaving. She had a leaving party. And I said, oh, I'm so jealous. I wish I was coming. And I happened to have my passport in my bag. And, I, and she said, well, come. And I couldn't think of a reason why not. So I said, okay, well, I'll just come and hold your hand for a couple of days. And as soon as I touched down, I just, I never went back. I went back once to get a few suitcases of things. And I, and I left everything else and just, and just came. I just saw it was completely the opposite of what people think it is, you know. So when you see the lifestyle here, so easygoing, so relaxed. The climate is incredible all year round. We're in February at the moment and I'm in a short sleeve t-shirt. Um, the people, it's a very hippie kind of lifestyle as well here. Um, you can be poor or extremely rich, but you could be sitting, you know, on, on the next table from this person. You know, it's it's so versatile, but yet so such a tiny community. It's just easy to love. 
people fall in love with the island every day and they, and that's why there's so many weddings here i think we have something like 4000 weddings a year and our our wedding season is 5 months tops so it's um it's intense <laughs> it, so so in those 5 months you're shooting i mean you're trying to get as many weddings as possible and and then the is there really an off season in ibiza a very pronounced off season um October, probably the first week of October, are the last weddings. Mid-October, at a push before the rain comes. And then the 1st of May is when it all starts. So we don't really have many in April sometimes, but it's from May to October. Let's zoom out a little bit. Um, how, do you kind of, how do you kind of build your marketing strategy around that, You know, knowing that you only have May through October to, to nail it, get as many clients as possible? How are you kind of how are you kind of structuring your business? How are you spreading out your resources and, and how are you marketing yourself to make sure that your uh that your docket's full? That's that's a, might be a bit of a long answer for that one. Um I think in the beginning, I think with every photographer, no matter where you're from, you um obviously charge cheaply because your experience isn't very high and just get as many weddings as you can get, you know. Um, and as you get become more and more experienced, the recommendations start coming in. So you will probably be seen by the planners, by other vendors, and they'll filter you. You work word of mouth a lot. Um, again, it's very easy here because the island's so small. So now in the Instagram world, you might you might write um, wedding photographer Ibiza, and the 20 of us that work the most are going to come up first, straight away. So it's it's quite easy. The thousands of weddings that we have yearly, there's never that many photographers that live here all year round. So it's yeah, it's quite it's quite easy, I think, um, when you live on such a small island to to get that work. And a lot come through planners. So their first step will be the planner. The planner will tell them this is the best time to get married, May to October. Um, they're the massive months because it's when it's not so hot, really. Um, and then as you as you become more and more experienced, you want less weddings, but charge more. You know, so I, I personally, I've done the forty weddings a year, the fifty weddings a year, the sixty weddings a year. My number is around about the twenty five weddings a year. Mark thirty tops, depending on if they're full day or half day. So I think that the the idea here is to have more weddings, sorry, have less weddings and just charge a bit more. Obviously, your experience and the quality of work have to go hand in hand with that. But I think that's um, that's the way it naturally progresses. Mm -hmm. No, I think you're one hundred percent right. Yep, yeah. when you're early on, when you're a youngster, just shoot as many weddings as possible. Get just. Get them under your belt. Get mm. the get the clientele. Tap into every person's network that you work with. Mm. And um, I don't know. I had someone comment on one of my videos that they shoot seventy to a hundred weddings a year, and they've been doing it for eight plus years, and they love it. And it's like that's <laughs> that's your choice, friend. <laughs> that, <laughs> that's, that's not my yeah. That's not uh, that's not my goal. That's my, that's not my end game at all. 
yeah, the, the uh, opposite, actually. <laughs> yeah, no, the the my, the funniest phrase I always hear is, uh, you know, I'm like, I tell them, hey, you know, you should double your prices. They're like, well, if I double my prices, then I'll lose half my clients. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a scary move, right? To just double your prices. Obviously, it's more gradual, but it is a scary move. Um, and you know, if you if you love shooting weddings, brilliant. If that's if that's what you want to do, you know, there's there's room in the game for everyone, right? That only makes um, only helps me, I suppose, because there are a certain amount of clients, there are a certain type of clients that will go with a photographer like that, and certain clients that will naturally just go with maybe um, a more expensive photographer. You know, I I I can't stop. I'm, I can't stop shooting. I can't stop looking for moments. I can't stop scouring people's faces, expressions, moments. So I know I can't leave the dance floor after the first dance. I know that that's when the fun starts. I want to be there until the end of the party. I also want to be there when they first arrive to get ready. So I can't, I can't put that package down to eight hours because I know we're going to miss so many of the photographs that I want to capture for you. They don't know yet what to expect from, from their collection, but I know what I want. I know what I expect to get for that couple. So I have to charge more for that. I can't put that much energy and that many hours uh, into a wedding and then go to another one the next day and then another one the next day. I've done it. And it's not fair on the fourth one that you've got on the bounce. You know what I mean? It's not, it's always not fair. I'm thinking more and more now, I think about your business model and kind of how you set up your business that you offer, I think, I think your biggest selling point is that you offer convenience to a lot of clients that, uh, because I'm assuming all, all the weddings that are there in Ibiza are destination weddings. Someone from the UK, someone from France, someone from Germany, they come to Ibiza to get married. And now, and then you, as a, a point of convenience, you're there, you're local, you're not having to fly from the UK to yeah. Ibiza. Like, is that, do you see that as an advantage or is, uh, am, I, am I missing that? 100%. 100%. And the people that don't book a photographer on the island, um, it's probably because. Um, they don't know that they can a lot of the time. They just assume there'll be a, a random Spanish photographer that doesn't understand them. So they would like to book somebody from wherever they're from and take them with them. Uh, and when they realize that you can book, I think a lot of them are scared as well um, because they're coming to a place where they know nobody at all. So... You may choose a fabulous photographer from England to come with you, but if they don't know the time of day where the light is perfect, if they don't know the venue that you're getting married at, like the back of their hand, if they don't know the owner of that venue, the wedding planner, the cake maker, you know, every single person really that has to do with your wedding, then there's just something a little bit off. Maybe you're missing a trick a little bit. Maybe the result won't be as good as somebody who does know these things, you know, even though they may be a better photographer. So I think that that's huge. I know how to work with the lights, and I know that the three months, June, July, August, are boiling hot. Your ceremony will be bang smack in the middle of the day. And the people who live here were just so accustomed to working with that 
boiling heat and that light, that harsh light. So there's some tricks that we know um, what to do, how to use and where to take them, you know, on each of the different venues. So, yeah, I think that um, that's a huge advantage of, of booking booking us here. Yeah. Yeah. You're the you're the local guide. You're the you know, mm. I, I know all the spots. I know all. Mm. The, yeah. So maybe we can zoom out even further to the kind of photography industry in general. What do you see? And you could be as judgmental as you want with this question. What do you what do you see as a bad habit that you want wedding photographers to drop? Whether it's on the shoot, how they're marketing themselves, I- anything. What is what is a a a bad habit that you would like to see all wedding photographers drop? Okay, this there can be quite a few. Um, possibly the first one that comes to mind, which isn't the worst, but the first one. You know, I, I've done a, a lot of second shooting for other photographers. So I've seen the other side as well and how they work. I think it's super important. And the one thing that I see that I hate is that um, they maybe won't take many pictures of certain details, maybe the wedding dress. Um, if it's not a 30,000 euro wedding dress, um, if the shoes aren't Jimmy Choo's, you won't even go there. I think that if it's um, if it's not high end or maybe have the best accessories or they're not a beautiful couple, um, they just don't really care. And I've seen it and it's quite shocking to me where you're getting paid this, you know, you're getting paid good money to put your all into this wedding. But yet, if it's not high end and you can't hashtag that wedding to the hilt when you walk out of there, there's almost no point. And I feel that's a little bit, um, what would the word be? Um, not patronizing, but it, it's, it puts the couple down a lot and you're not respecting the industry that we're in. I think yeah. that's, the, that's the thing that I, I don't like the most. Treating every wedding like it's your last wedding or... If you were never to work again, this is your last wedding. So kind of give give it your best. Give it your all. Yeah, I think that if you don't have passion for every single wedding you do, whether it's your first or your thousandth, I think that if you don't have the respect that you need to have for your client and their massive day, it's just another day to you. It's just another job for you. But this is their life. This is their one day. This is They've spent a lot of money to get all of their guests here on all the tiny little details, bringing all of their families and friends together. And you're not giving it what I feel that you should give to that day. Looking towards the future now, where do you see the wedding industry going? Where do you see the wedding photography industry going? Where do you, where do you see, it, it could be about trends, but you know, kind of a year from now, kind of where have you seen the, your business evolve? the in the business of other wedding photographers how do you see that evolution well i suppose the last year or two have been complicated for ibiza obviously the weddings have been hit and um, quite hard the whole the whole events um event services so as soon as we start opening up and shooting more weddings again i think that the next couple of years it's going to be huge with elopements, for sure. 
we don't know what's going on with flights. We can't rely on all of our guests to come over here, um, get everybody together. It's the, the whole uncertainty. I think that as of right this very second, all of my clients that are going to come to me now are elopement. So it's just them two, maybe a witness, maybe their parents, maybe just them two, just the couple to just book a photographer, videographer, planner, and a florist and elope somewhere, hopefully Ibiza, <laughs> and pick a, a beach spot or a, or a cliff top and get some stunning photographs, have a very relaxed um, wedding. I feel that elopements are going to be huge for definitely this year, next year, and the one after. Huge. That's going to be, um, that's going to be the fashion for the next two, three years. For sure, I, I'm seeing it happen already. And that's what I think I'm going to start marketing um, gradually. I've marketed that a bit more, a bit more, but I think that's what I'm going to be putting all my efforts into as of now. So Stephanie, like if they someone is thinking about getting into wedding photography or they maybe they want to become an elopement photographer like you're talking about, uh, what's some kind of beginning advice or what are some kind of pitfalls to watch out for when you're first starting? There are a couple that spring to mind straight up. The first one would be technology-wise, shooting raw. You know, don't pass go. Don't collect your 200. Shoot in raw. And if you can have a double card, shoot both cards in raw. Don't even shoot your backup in JPEG. That would be my first thing. And I've been a photographer for years now, and that has that still slips me up sometimes. And that will just change. That will just change. That's a game changer. That can be the difference between. Um, losing a lot of work or having to just simply edit a JPEG that you didn't want to have to edit a JPEG. Just the difference for me when I started shooting main card and second card in, in RAW was huge. Um, that would be the first. Always shoot in RAW. Second, I think, which should maybe be the first, if you don't love what you do, if you don't like, if you don't love it enough, if you don't have passion for not just photography, but specifically weddings. Don't do it. Get out now. The long days, the long days. Um, the day of the wedding can be 12 to 14 hours. You have to get really involved. You have to be on your A game all day long. The editing is can be tedious. Um, the perks of the job are that we do love it. So it keeps us going, it keeps us an, an adrenaline rush, you know. But my my advice to to be for any beginners, if you don't love it more than anything in the world, get out now. Go. Just get out. And that's it. That's it. I think shoot and raw and love what you do. All right, Stephanie. So where can we find your work? Where uh links, Instagram, just your own little commercial. Go go ahead. Okay, well, um my Wedding photography on Instagram would be Stephanie Shenton Photography, uh, quite simply. And that is what I aim to showcase um, because it's weddings that I love. I have a family page. Um, I've done a couple of births before, but I would, um, I love weddings. So that would be, that would be my, my go-to, Stephanie Shenton Photography, or my website, stephanieshentonphotography.com. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> well, cool. All right. Well, Stephanie, thank you for being on the show. Well, thank you very much for having me and letting me um, <laughs> chat on for the last 42 minutes. <laughs> <laughs>